This is the Horse Radio Network. You're listening to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host, Sally Batten, and I spent over 35 years coaching collegiate equestrian teams. Want to ride like a varsity athlete? Sally Batten's book, The Athletic Equestrian, is now available to order. Whether competing in the show ring or riding at home on the trail, every rider wants to be more secure and balanced in the saddle and effective with their aids. This innovative guide uses highly effective exercises honed over Coach Sally's 35-year coaching career to develop your athleticism on horseback. This proven rider training system will sharpen position and vastly improve your skills in the saddle. Order now at www.athleticequestrian.com. Welcome back to all our listeners to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host, Sally Batten, and I have been talking to collegiate organizations and riders and coaches, and today I'm happy to have a longtime friend from the IHSA board, um, and that is Heather Pinnock from Miami University of Ohio, which is located in Oxford, Ohio. Heather grew up outside of Chicago and learned to ride on her grandparents' farm. She graduated from the University of Finley with a Bachelor of Science in Equine Science and Biology and her Master's of Education in 2005. She was a graduate assistant at the University of Finley while working on her master's and started at Miami University in 2005 as assistant director of the program. She is now the director of the program and the head coach and is a USHGA certified trainer and the IHSA Zone 6 chair. She has coached numerous riders to national championships and most recently, very exciting, Her team were the team reserve champions at this year's intercollegiate finals, which I was happy to be there and see. So welcome, Heather. Thank you so much for having me. So we were just talking about what a great feat it is to finish high up in the team standings at um, the IHSA finals. I was recounting a story and I've probably said this before, but in 2014, when we were the zone champions and we're going to be competing at nationals, my athletic director said, now, what are your chances of, of, uh, winning the nationals? And I said, well, what are the chances of the Dartmouth Dartmouth football team winning the Super Bowl? (laughs) Because it is, it is hard and it's hard to win. And, and, it's very exciting. Did let's talk about that for a minute before we get into anything about the program or you. Did you know throughout the year, like did you win all your home horse show? I mean, all of your your regular season shows? Did you know this was a team that was going to take you to such great heights? You know, we we had a really good year. Um, you know, I don't know that we won every horse show that we had. Um, you know, I think we were reserved a couple times. I think we maybe even were, were third a few times. Okay. Um, but, you know, it was hard coming back from, you know, having the two years off because really none of the, the students that I brought to, 
to zone finals or nationals had ever been to nationals before. You know, I had a couple seniors, you know, but they showed their freshman and sophomore year and then, you know, or freshman and part of their sophomore year and then didn't show because we didn't have any showing. Um, So they had never been to, you know, to a nationals to know what it was like. And then um, I had um, several freshmen and and a sophomore And so, you know, I didn't know going in, um, you know, they were great here in the regular season, but I think you don't know until you get there, you know, are they, how are they going to feel on that kind of stage um, and to see how, how they would be. Um, But the, you know, so we had a good season and then going into zones, um, you know, I felt confident with it, but um, we, it was, it went down to the last class at zones and I wasn't sure we were actually going to even make it through. Really. Yes. And so um, it was um, pretty tight between the second, third and, you know, kind of fourth place teams. Um, So, you know, once that happened, I think they were very excited. And, you know, I, you know, that was kind of the hardest part. And so, you know, riding at nationals was sort of the icing on the cake. And then I, I think you don't know either when, you know, you, our classes are, you know, so small at the regular season and even at zones. And so, then you put them on the stage with, you know, 15 other people in the ring and the flat class. And you're thinking like, do they know how to ride in that kind of, you know, with that many people in the ring or or to be seen or are they going to be nervous or so, you know, I was, um, they're just a really, um, you know, the team as a whole, I think all of them are a really great group of students. Um, and then, you know, obviously the ones I selected to go to, to nationals were just a, they were just a really fun group to be with, you know, they were laughing and they just had a good time. And I think that really helped because they, honestly, they didn't even, they weren't even really trying. They just were riding. They were relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> they were. Yeah. And we brought horses and they were caring for the horses. So yeah. I think it gave them something to do too. Right. So they weren't just sitting there worrying about it. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and how, how did those team classes go? I, I honestly, I wasn't paying a lot of attention because I was there as a vendor and selling my book, but how, like, did you, had you won a bunch on, on um, uh, Thursday and Friday or on Friday, whenever the team classes started, how, how did it go? And did it come down to those last Saturday classes? I don't even know. Um, so we had um, on um, Thursday when it started, um, we had our um, limit fences and we um, we didn't have uh, we didn't ribbon in that class. But then um, we had our two um, the two other team flat classes. So the limit flat and the uh, in the intermediate flat, um, we were reserve champion in both of those classes. Oh. And so that started, you know, kind of started the day pretty, pretty good. Um, that, that gets you a little day. excited. It did. And I think they were just, you know, floored that they were like, oh my <laughs> gosh, we were, you know, and then I think after that day, there was, you know, um, a, a pretty, sh- you know, kind of a stronger leader that emerged. And then that middle group, there was a, you know, kind of a lot of people tied and, um, I think we were maybe third after that first day of um, competition. And then the Friday we had um, our intermediate fences girl was sixth. 
And, um, you know, so that helped. And um, then in the afternoon, we had our um, novice um, girl was fourth. And then our walk trotter is, you know, brand new, like learn to ride this year. So she was great and had a great time. um, And just, you know, she actually rode the ring beautifully, but she had a little bobble like going in front of the judge where the horse like tripped a little and she came off her Mm. diagonal. And I think Mm. it was unfortunately this wrong place in the ring. And so um, she did not get a ribbon. And then on Saturday, so I think going into, even going into Saturday, I think there was maybe um, a tie for, um, we were still in third, I think maybe at that point. And then on Saturday, we had our two open, you know, the um, open fences and open flats. And so our open fence girl was fourth and the flat rider was third. And so, and it, it sort of came down to, I think there was the tie at that point for second and, or for the reserve. And then we were um, reserved by just three points to Emory and Henry. So really? it could have, yeah. So if that class, I think would have shaken out a little different there, we could have tied them. So, okay. As next, far as- year. next year, Heather, <laughs> I want to see yeah. Miami university, uh, <laughs> national champions. Yeah. So it was, I, it was really exciting. Yeah. I asked you that day, is that the highest that Miami has ever been in the team finals? I think it has. Um, I want to say, um, one of our other staff members that has been here a while said, she thought maybe in 92, they were reserve champion, but I had to, I would have to go look up that if that was the actual, you know, if that's right the date, but I, that's what she had told me. So, or, um, or so it's been a all while. You, all you have to do is contact Steve Maxwell from campus equestrian. He'll tell you. <laughs> you <would know. laughs> so while we're, while we're talking about Miami, let's talk about the equestrian team. So first of all, talk about the school, which is huge. I looked at it um, when I was in my college search back in the dark ages, but um, talk about the school in general, talk about the equestrian team, club, varsity, scholarships, no scholarships. Just tell me everything about um, Miami equestrian. Yeah. So um, yeah, the school is is a a bigger school. Um, It's a public school. Um, So um, I think we have, you know, a lot of students from Ohio, but also have a lot of -of out-of-state students that come um, from kind of all over. Um, We have a fair amount from California, from the Chicago area. And I think there's, um, you know, it's kind of has spread as far as enrollment. Um, And the equestrian center, we have, um, our team is a club team and um, we have um, Hunseat, Western and Dressage. So we have students that ride on all three disciplines. Okay. And then um, there's about 115 students that are on the club team and between like the three disciplines. Okay. So um, Huntseat has the most um, and then the Western and dressage, there's around, you know, 20 to 25 of each of those disciplines. And then the rest are on the Huntseat. So how many are on your Huntseat team? Um, There's about 65 to 70, kind of depending on the year. Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine. I had 25 on my Dartmouth team. How do you manage that many? I mean, how? it is, it is a lot. Um, you know, and I think out of that number, you know, there's a handful that want to ride and lessen and be, be a part of the team and that kind of that 
team atmosphere, but maybe they aren't interested in horse showing. So, oh. you know, you have a handful of those. Um, and then I would say though, when I traveled to an away horse show, um, you know, there was between 50 and 55 students over the weekend that horse showed. Um, so whether that was, you know, they showed Saturday and not Sunday, or they flatted and didn't jump, um, our entries, I think for our region are a little bit broader than some across the country. Um, so typically I can have 30 flat entries and eight fences. So I think that that's like quite a bit larger than most places. So it helps that certainly helps to be able to get more, you know, people in the ring. Um, so how many, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. How long do your, do your show days last and how many horses are, where do all the horses come from? Sure. Um, so we have, um, I would say they're usually, you know, start at nine and are done by four. Um, okay. so it's not, you know, it's all day, but it's not, you know, it's not going too late. And I would say that most, um, the, this region, um, is very helpful at bringing horses to help each other out. Okay. Um, so I would say that we probably use, you know, between 30 and 35 horses for a horse show. It's wow. around, I want to say it's maybe around 150 to 170 rides, yeah. you know, at a horse show. Okay. So when you go to a horse show at another, um, at another college, are you taking horses? Sometimes we do. Yeah, we do take, um, we do take horses to, um, we brought horses this past year to, um, Midway to help. Um, and then we also brought horses to regionals and we actually hosted, we hosted a home show like that was considered Miami's home show. And then we hosted kind of, um, a combined regional show that right. was at Miami and then everybody brought horses. So we right. were just the host site. And so everybody brought horses there. So then, you know, we didn't have to travel that time, but yeah. And I'm kind of remembering back when I was first national steward, I did this little national steward tour, you know, to try to get to the different regions. And I'm remembering being, being at, uh, at you were not the coach then, but um, Miami pulling up in a big bus, piling out for a meal somewhere with lots of red jackets everywhere. Yes. So <laughs> this is all, this is coming back to me as you're saying your your numbers yeah. of riders for sure. Yeah. So what are Yep, go ahead. Out, outside of the club team then we also um have classes um that are through so um through our sports leadership and management program at Miami. And so we have around 150 students a semester that take our learning to ride classes. So Wow. It's a two, two credit hour class. It's, it's essentially like a, you know, physical education class, um, but they get, it's a two credit hour class. So, you know, fulfills their kind of Miami plan classes that um, they need to, to graduate. So it's a fun, you know, fun class for them to take. So how many, um, talk about your facility. I think you're on campus and I know you've had some improvements lately. So Talk about how many horses you have, the facility, all of that kind of stuff. Sure. So we are on campus, um, which is sort of unique for, I think, the type of school that it is. Um, we, you know, the students can walk here. Um, so it's close. And um, I would say, you know, a, a lot of the students do do walk. Um, 
And we have around um, 58 school horses. Um, wow. So they're all, um, you know, owned, um, don't, a lot of them are donated to the university. Um, we do lease a handful, but most of them are owned by the university and they're, you know, kind of a wide range of horses. So you have your horses that are, you know, teaching the learn to ride classes. So, you know, your very beginner type learning to ride Western horse um, through kind of your Western horse that does the, the ranch and the reining. Um, and then we have um, kind of our learned, you know, our next level of beginner type hunt seat horse and up through, you know, our open level horses. So um, we're really lucky, you know, with, with the donations um, that we get and, you know, the, the number of horses that we have and kind of the array of horses that we have that can, um, you know, do, do the different disciplines. And um, it's probably one of the first only places I've ever been that um, kind of cohabitates with all the different disciplines in one venue, um, mm. you know, and we, we, sh you know, have to share horses sometimes and we share the space and um, it, it just works though. I, and I don't know, it's, it's weird because I don't know that it works like that everywhere, but um, right. I think it's made, you know, it makes the students aware of other things that are, you know, other things that they can do with riding. Um, it, it gives the horses a chance to do something different. You know, if they're getting burned out from one thing, we can, you know, change it up for them. Um, so as far as the facility goes, though, we had um, probably, we had a huge um, renovation about nine years ago that was the um, university, you know, kind of commitment to um, upgrading the facility. And they, um, we raised the property about nine feet um, because we were in a, a floodplain. Oh. And so they brought in all the dirt. Um, coincidentally, there was another project on campus. So a lot of the dirt came from oh. a project on campus. How many and acres? So, how many, how many acres is the property? Um, it, oops, now you're going to ask me that. I don't know totally how many. Acres Roughly. It it's probably like, 15 or 20 acres. It's not very, not a huge amount of land. So, so they tore down everything and then built it up. How did that work? No, we didn't. So we had a barn, um, that had 18 stalls in it. That was relatively newer. Um, that was kind of on top of a hill. And so wow. we raised everything up to meet that plane. Wow. And then it was, it was sort of amazing how it happened. And then everything, um, sort of to, um, the east of that barn, you know, got leveled off and that brought that, um, facility, the kind of the pad for the facility up. So at that point, then we added on the additional stalls. Um, so it was just, it sort of just flows into the next barn. Um, and so, and then added wash racks and tack rooms and things like that. Um, so it, now there's just two aisleways of, of stalls. And so you don't have to kind of maneuver around to different places. Um, and then we also, at that point, they put in, um, we, at that point we had two outdoor arenas. So we had our large outdoor arena, and then we had a smaller one that we used for our classes. And then they sort of left a big space between the outdoor and the barn. And it was sort of like the platform or the piece where this is where the indoor will go when yeah. it comes, you know? <laughs> And, um, you know, the university's commitment was to the, 
the raising the property in the barn and, and kind of getting it to that level. And then um, they told us we had to fundraise for the indoor. And so, um, you know, that took a while. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I wasn't sure actually that it was going to happen, um, but we did have um, a lead donor step forward and um, an alum. Oh, it was, yes. And was able to um, get started with the project. And so um, we're still, you know, we fundraised for that and we're, you know, still kind of fundraising to finish off, you know, paying for our, essentially our loan for, for the indoor. Right. Um, and then there also is a phase three for kind of for the building. Um, and once we get that, you know, the indoor paid for, then um, the phase three would be kind of our offices and classroom and um, kind of some of those things, locker room type things. Um, so definitely a bonus if we had it, but you know, where we, the ring was the part that was, you know, the indoor yeah. ring was the part that was really needed. So. Yeah. And as we chatted before we started on the podcast, you said that you thought having that year round space and that indoor really helped the team. It did. I mean, it just, it created consistency for the courses, for the students, for the staff. Um, you know, not having, you know, in the past we would find, um, you know, kind of a local barn that would have us for a couple weeks in the, in the winter, just so that we could keep practicing and keep the horses going. And, um, you know, and, and it's, it's hard. It gets, it doesn't get as cold here as some places, but you know, it still gets cold and, and we have those bouts of really cold weather. And so, um, you know, trying to have, you know, you had students driving out to off-site facilities and, and the staff was essentially running three facilities because we still had horses at Miami. And then we were, had horse, you know, 10 horses at this barn, they use their right. indoor and 10 horses at this barn. So um, I think, you know, we always, um, we always tried to get back home before spring break. Um, but then again, the weather was so, you know, could be so volatile, it could be great one day and then terrible the next day. So it just was the inconsistency was just really hard. So. And are there, um, talking about the team, are there scholarship opportunities? Um, so the team is, um, a club team. There are some scholarships that the club itself does, but there aren't any necessarily scholarships from the school. Um, so the club, um, you know, they are, um, you know, one of the largest clubs on campus and they um, have, you know, done a great job with their kind of their fundraising efforts and their, you know, fiscal responsibilities with their, their monies. And um, they created an endowment um, of several years ago and um, they, you know, so there's money um, in the endowment, you know, each year, the return on the endowment for the, for their scholarships so that that wouldn't, you know, on a year that maybe they didn't fundraise as much that we wouldn't say, oh, sorry, this year we don't have scholarships, but, right, you know, right. so um, they, they do offer uh, like three um, scholarships each year um, to help. And, and it just, it does, a you know, gives a little bit of help with their, the riding fees or their, t- you know, team dues and things like that. So what are the costs to ride at Miami? Sure. So um, the cost for um, riding lessons for, so that would be 
you know, they're writing lessons for the team. It's uh, 950 a semester. And so, and they ride twice a week. Um, and then that goes, you know, that's kind of the facility related fees. And then the um, fees that go to the team are, they have club dues and then they pay for their horse shows and a portion of the travel cost and things like that. So typically um, as far as travel, they would pay maybe $20 a night and that would include their hotel and their um, transportation. So depending um, on what team is traveling, they'll either do, you know, 12 passenger vans or um, sometimes with the hunt seat team, we'll do the bus because it's just, it's easier to just have everyone in one location than having all of these vans and things going all over that sort of is, it's hard to keep track of as the coach, you know? Right. Right. (laughs) Um, and then they'll pay for their horse show fees. Um, so our, um, entry fees for our horses are $30 a class. Um, so they'll pay for those. And then I think their, um, their team dues are $40 a semester. So you try to keep it pretty reasonable for them. Um, and then, you know, they obviously have help from the club sports funding, you know, to help offset some of that cost. Yeah. And, uh, did I ask you what other schools are in your region? You mentioned Midway. What, what other schools do you compete against on a regular basis? And our region um, is Midway, uh, Moorhead State, the University of Kentucky, University of Louisville, uh, Xavier, Northern Kentucky. Um, it's hard to University remember out of season. University of Cincinnati. Yeah. And I think that might be it. Yeah. I think that was yeah. everyone. Yes. So you don't have to go too far for a. No, it's, we're really, I mean, we're really lucky. It's, you know, maybe two, a little over two hours when we travel. So, I mean, it's really close. Um, Previously, we were in a different region. We were in the um, kind of Columbus area. And again, that was only two hours. So we're sort of in a great spot um, as far as, you know, being close to different, different things. So, right, right. So um, let's talk a little bit about you and how you started riding and where you grew up and, and what led you to eventually going to uh, Finley. Sure. Um, so I um, grew up in outside of Chicago and my aunt had um, ridden and my mom had ridden um, kind of growing up and my, I rode um, with my, you know, kind of learned to ride with my aunt and as a kid. And, um, I think probably much to my father's dismay, it sort of stuck and became a thing. Um, and I got a pony, um, and then we boarded for a while. And then my grandparents bought, um, some property and had a, a barn and, um, fairly close to our house. So, um, they lived in, uh, Barrington and, they, so I would go there and ride and, you know, sort of grew up riding and, you know, in the pasture and I would, you know, do all those things that I, I can't believe I did probably as, and, and, now that and, I had my- and that makes great riders. May I add kids that grow up riding bareback and doing crazy things, make really yeah. good riders. <laughs> and I had, um, you know, things I think, oh my gosh, now that I have my own kids that I can't believe right. that I, you know, would just, you know, throw the lead rope over his neck and hop on, you know, bareback right. and ride him back to the barn or um, their house was about um, maybe a 30 minute hack 
um, over to um, the, the, it was called the riding center. And so they had rings and um, they used to host horse shows over there. And I would, I would ride over for a lesson. And I just, I think back on it now and I'm like, I can't believe my mother, like, let me ride, you know, and I wasn't super young, but I was right. young enough. And, you know, right. she always, and it was before everyone had a cell phone, you know, so yeah. Yeah. I, and she always, you know, knew where I was and was followed up to make sure I got there or followed behind me or whatever. But, um, I just, I think back on it now, I'm like, I can't believe I, they let me do that. Right. right. <laughs> so, um, I took lessons, um, with, with someone, um, that I, you know, she sometimes came to my grandparents and sometimes I met her. Um, and I actually did a little eventing, um, growing up and was involved in pony club because that was a very big thing, um, yeah. in that area. And so, and then, um, I, I sort of didn't, wasn't, I didn't ride a ton in high school just cause I did some other things. I always still rode, but it wasn't necessarily, you know, my main focus. Um, and then, um, as I was looking at colleges, you know, I sort of, um, was like, gosh, I w- really want to be able to still be involved in horses and keep riding. And at the time I thought I wanted to do physical therapy for, for people and um, Finley had a program, obviously the equine program, but then had a physical therapy program. And it was really, you know, kind of intriguing um, that you could do both things. And so I selected there to go to school and, uh, you know, was really liked the horse program. I met, met some of my best friends that, you know, I'm, are still my friends now. And the, um, you know, just really enjoyed my time there. Um, and I had always liked science. I was kind of knee deep in all of the science classes, but I was doing my, um, observation hours for physical therapy and I did not like it at all. Uh, (laughs) And so I was like, I don't think I can do this for my whole life. And at that point I was in the spring semester of my sophomore year, went in with science credits from, you know, call it, you know, high school classes and things. And I was already too far along to kind of make that big of a change. And then I also would have had to stop riding if I continued down that path, just because of the way the classes worked. So um, I decided to change my, um, just do a life science biology and then the equine science. And I remember, you know, telling my dad that that's what I was going to do. And he's like, well, that's great. But like, what are you going to do? You know, what's that mean then? Like, what are you going to do with your biology degree? And I was like, well, I don't really know, (laughs) you know, and I had considered going to vet school and I I think I would have liked that, but I also um, wanted to have a family and I didn't know if that lifestyle, um, if I wanted that lifestyle with having a family. Right. And so I decided to stay at Finley um, as a grad assistant and get my master's in education. Um, so I am certified to teach seven through 12 life science if I ever wanted to go down that, that okay. route. But um, I really enjoyed the teaching and I really enjoyed my time as a grad assistant and the coaching part. And um, my time at Finley was um, Lori Kramer was the director. And so she was there through my first, um, so my sophomore through my senior year, and then also um, my um, first grad year. And then um, she had left. um, And then I graduated and I sort of wasn't sure if I was going to stay at Finley. They had offered me a position to stay. 
um, but I wasn't sure if that was the right move to stay. And then um, she had started at Miami and then, um, you know, there was other positions available and I came down and um, toured and had an interview and um, I sort of just fell in love with the school. And um, I knew that I wanted to keep coaching. And I think that just, um, and, and have, you know, this sort of just, it's weird how that path, you know, it wasn't the path I started on going into college, but sort of has, you know, blossomed into something that I didn't know was going to happen. So yeah, that's awesome. And I've been at Miami, um, 16 years. So, wow. And what year did you start as director? When did Lori leave? Um, I started as director. I want to say I, it was in maybe 2014 or 15 ish. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere in that range. Don't, don't quote me on that for sure, but yeah. it's somewhere yeah. in that range. Yes. Yeah. Great. Um, and, and as we're kind of winding down here too, I ask everybody, what do you like to do besides horses? Oh, that's funny. That's hard because it's, <laughs> I know you like, you get so consumed by it. Um, yeah. well I have, um, two little boys and so, um, well one, they're not so, so little one's actually just turned 12 today. So it's his birthday. Today. Yeah. He probably doesn't um, like to be called a little boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, they're, they're heavily involved in sports. And so, you know, when I can, I like to go, um, the, he plays baseball and then my youngest son, um, actually picked up hockey recently. Oh. Um, so, um, he plays, he plays hockey here at Miami, um, and the, the youth programming nice. and, um, so, but, um, I like to garden, I like to read, um, you know, and just be able to do, do things with the, my family. Um, I'm really lucky. Um, you know, I do travel a fair amount and I'm lucky that, um, I have a, a good husband that, you know, takes care of things when I'm out, not home. Um, that, and, that's, and- that's a whole podcast, isn't it? <laughs> that the supportive, uh, partner of all these horse women and horse men all over. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Cause we couldn't have done it. You know, I couldn't have done it all these years without them. No. And I think, and I just, the, you know, understanding of your kids too, that, you know, this is the, what you do. And so, um, but I, you know, it's funny, I secretly think I could be a, um, an introvert because I could be so happy just sitting at home reading a book. Okay. Um, but you know, my, <laughs> I don't know that, you know, this, um, you know, I think you have to step out of that, um, and, yeah. and be extroverted. And so, yeah. um, but it is, I, I do like, I have to put my garden in still. I'm hoping I can get it in this weekend. We've just had so much rain here that it right. sort of has stopped me from fulfilling that. But so, right. you know, just those kinds of things is fun. And I do enjoy going, you know, to the kids games and things like that when I can. Great. Well, thank you so much, Heather. Thanks for uh, telling everyone more about you and more about University of Miami, Miami University. Yes. <laughs> Gotta say it right. Miami University of Ohio uh, Equestrian Programs. This podcast is supported in part by the Interscholastic Equestrian Association, now celebrating 20 years of providing competitive opportunities to thousands of youth riders in hunt seat, western, and dressage. Give your rider a leg up into collegiate equestrian sport without the need to own a horse. 
Membership for the 2022-2023 IEA season will open in June. For more information, visit RideIEA.org or follow IEA on social media at RideIEA. Thank you for listening to the Athletic Equestrian Podcast. If you'd like more information on this podcast or any of our other podcasts, you can contact me at athleticequestrian at gmail.com. This podcast was produced by Jack Boyata and the music is by Kitcher. Kitcher.